0: And now we move to a new chapter. The chapter on it is in it it carries the title chapter on prosthetic fluid and the like. In Arabic, babu bab means chapter al وغيره Al Madi And we will explain what does this mean But the ch- chapter's title is on the prosthetic fluid and the like. This fluid is known as Al The prosthetic fluid is known as Al What is Al Madhi? Al is a thin, viscous fluid, prosthetic, emitted at the time of sexual excitement, or afterwards. It is emitted when the person feels sexually excited, like, for example, kissing, or looking, or thinking. And people differ regarding this. Some of them, this occurs to them only on occasions. But others, it occurs a lot. And there are still others who don't even know of it. They don't see it. This is one type of fluid. But what comes out of man are four types of fluids. The first is this one we're talking about. It's called al-madi. The second is al-mani, semen. The white water which flows Upon intense sexual desire and flows out with pleasure. And it has three signs. It has three signs. It gushes out with the awakened person. Second, it is followed by a kind of shiver in the body. Thirdly, it has a certain specific odor. When it is dry, it resembles that of the pollen of the palm tree, like the inflorescence of the palm tree, this is when it is dry, and when it is wet, then it smells like eggs. This is therefore the second type, and this is al semen. The third type is al-wadi, and it is a white prosthetic fluid. Viscous comes out without feeling either a time of urination or upon carrying or after urination or upon carrying something heavy. The fourth type is urine. The rulings, al-wadi, yes, the fourth type is urine, and this is known. The rulings regarding these four types of fluid are as such. The many, the semen, is pure but necessitates ghusl. And this is evident from the hadith of Aisha رضي Ta'ala Anha. She said, I used to wipe it when it was dry from the garment of the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام, and washing, washing it when it was wet. As to the al-madi, the thin viscous fluid, the prosthetic fluid, emitted upon sexual excitement or afterwards, al-madi, it is filthy, but light, it's considered light. In its degree of filth, and it necessitates wudu' and washing the private part plus the testicles, as affirmed in the Sunnah. The third matter concerns the wadi, the ruling of the wadi, on the wadi and urine, both are filthy and necessitate washing the garment if it befalls on the garment, and both necessitate al-wudu ablution. So try to remember these four types of fluids and the legal rulings concerning each one of them. Now we go to the first hadith under this chapter, and it is hadith number twenty-three. An Ali ibn Abi Talib, رضي الله عنه, قال كنت رجلا مذاء فاستحييت أن أسأل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لمكان ابنته مني فأمرت المقداد بن الأسود فسأله فقال يغسل ذكره ويتوضأ وللبخاري اغسل ذكرك وتوضأ، ولمسلم توضأ وانضح فرجك. and وفي رواية يغسل ذكره وأنثييه. in the hadith reported by علي بن أبي طالب may Allah be pleased with him. he said I was one whose Many prosthetic fluid flowed readily. And I was ashamed to ask the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about it. Why? Because of the position of his daughter. The position, the position of his daughter. I therefore asked al-Miqdad bin al-Aswad. And he inquired of him from the Prophet ﷺ. And he ﷺ said he should wash his male organ and perform ablution. And in another narration, perform ablution and wash your private part. And in another narration still, washes his private part. And his testicles Now to the explanation of the hadith The narrator Ali bin Abi Talib Is Ali bin Abi Talib The son of Abdul Muttalib Al-Qurashi Al-Hashimi Amir Al-Mu'minin The leader of the believers Warabi'u khulafai al-Muslimin And the fourth Rightly guided caliph of the Muslims and the cousin of the final and last messenger, Muhammad sallallahu he was raised in the Prophet sallallahu home. And he believed in him when he was young, from the time he was assigned for messengership sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and prophethood. And he sallallahu alayhi wa gave him his daughter Fatima in marriage. And he, Ali bin Abi Talib, may Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet Sallallahu assigned him a charge of his family during the conquest of Tabuk in the north. And the Prophet Sallallahu testified that he is from the people of Jannah. And he was known for his bravery and knowledge and intellect. He took the Khilafah after Uthman May Allah be pleased with all of them at the end of the month of Dhul-Hijjah the year 35 after Hijrah until the time when he was murdered as a Shaheed a martyr in the month of Ramadan the 40th year after Hijra, And he was buried in the palace in Kufa, the palace which housed the authority in Kufa. And it is said also that he was buried in an unknown place, fearing the Khawarij, the dissidents, who rebelled against him, and killed him. May Allah, be pleased with him. Yeah. Fatima, she was the one, mentioned in this hadith. Ali, he said, I was shy, to ask the Prophet, because of the, because of, the status of his the position of his daughter this daughter is Fatima whom Ali radiallahu ta'ala married and she was the youngest of the daughters of the Prophet alayhi salatu she was born in Islam and it is said also That she was born before the designation of the Prophet ﷺ's message. Ali married her in the second year after hijrah following the battle of Badr. The Prophet ﷺ described Fatima as Fatima bid'atun minni Faman aghdabaha aghdabani Fatima is part of me. Anyone who angers her angers me. Wa and he informed her the Prophet به, that she will be the first of his household to follow him, meaning dying following his death. And he told her, Ama wouldn't you be pleased to be the leader of the woman of paradise she died in Medina في Ramadan in the month of Ramadan in the year Eleven after Hijrah. And she was 24 years of age. Alayhi The second companion mentioned in this hadith is Al-Miqdad ibn al-Aswad. He accepted Islam early. And he migrated the two immigrations, and he married Bubaa bint Zubair, the daughter of Zubair. the son of Abdul Muttalib, the uncle of the Prophet And he witnessed the battle of Badr, and the battles afterwards, and he witnessed the opening of Egypt. he was the one who told the prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام during the battle of Badr. he told the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the famous saying ولا نقول لك كما قالت بني إسرائيل لموسى فذهب أنت وربك فقاتلا إنها هنأ قاعدون. ولكننا نقاتل عن يمينك وعن شمالك وبين يديك. وخلفك he was the one who said the famous statement to the Prophet ﷺ during the battle of Badr he told him and we will not say to you what the children of Israel told Musa and he recited what they said to Musa in Surah Al-Maidah chapter five, 24 and أنت وربك فقاتلا. When the children of Israel betrayed Musa and said, So go you and your Lord and fight you too. We are sitting right here. So Al-Miqdad told the Prophet, We will not say to you what the children of Israel told Musa. So go you and your Lord and fight you too. We are fighting we are sitting right here however we will fight to your right and to your left and in front of you and behind you Allah he died in the year 33 after hijra and he was buried in al-baqi' in medina the subject of the hadith bayan حكم al Explaining the ruling on Al-Madi Explaining the ruling on Al-Madi On this prostatic fluid The overall explanation Ali bin Abi Talib May Allah be pleased with him Was the husband of Fatima The daughter of the Prophet And may Allah be pleased with her and he used to have this medi readily flowing from him. And since he was the Prophet's daughter's husband, he was shy to ask the Prophet wasallam regarding the ruling on this fluid. Why? Because it is related to sexual desire and related to private parts. So he came to Al-Miqdad ibn al-Aswad and Al-Miqdad ibn Aswad, he came to him because they used to fix durations and have terms in attending for the knowledge from the Prophet was-salam. He came to him after they discussed this matter of Al-Madi. And so he told him to go and ask the Prophet was-salam. So the Prophet ﷺ commanded him to wash his private part, all of it, because this slows down the flow, or it cuts it off. And also to make wudu, because the madhi is one of the nullifiers of wudu. Because the madhi is one of the nullifiers of wudu. This is the overall explanation. Now to the point of benefit. First benefit. The permissibility for a person to inform about himself in that which may be, may draw bashfulness or a cause of shy. He may therefore inform about it for a, if there is a benefit, if there is a benefit. For example, to know about its ruling. And here, this is a matter which is normally considered as something that can cause the person to be shy. But since there is a benefit in that, then there is no harm and the person is not held blameworthy Second Benefit Permissibility that the person does not ask directly about the matter due to shyness or the like Permissibility that the person does not ask directly about the matter due to shyness or the like The third Benefit permissibility to designate, on one's behalf, someone else to ask concerning knowledge, with the condition that the designated person is trustworthy in his understanding and his preservation and memory and in his deen. Third or fourth benefit, permissibility of Khabar al the news of a single person in matters per training to deen. And this is evident in the designation of a single person who is al-Maqdad. And this tells the permissibility of therefore accepting the news or the narration from a single narrator if it is authentic. And that it itself stands as a textual proof. And we know that the Prophet ﷺ used to send callers to Allah Azza single individuals. And he used to write to kings, write letters to kings, carried by single individual. The next benefit it is from the etiquette that the person does not mention in front of his wife's relatives, things related to lusts and to private parts. This however, this however, should not prevent, meaning shyness, should not prevent the person from acquiring the understanding related to matters of deen, fiqh and deen. And that's why Ali authorized al-miqdad. The next benefit. Obligation to have wudu' due to madhi. Obligation to have wudu' from the madhi. As came in the narration, fihi al-wudu' There is wudu' for it and the person washes his private part, and the male washes the testicles. What about if the person or if the man continuously suffers from this matter, ready flow and continuous flow, Whenever he remembers even minute things about desire, he, his medi flows and cannot prevent himself from thinking. The ruling is that this case will resemble the case of incontinence of urine. Incontinence of urine. And therefore would make wudu for every salah. And will put a pad over his private part. On the other hand, there are people who may fall under whispering that such that one he experiences a sexual thinking he feels as if now he is ha- he is uh, as if the madhi is Flowing Should he respond To this delusion or not The answer is He shouldn't Because in origin There is no madhi And if he would respond Then the shaitan will carry him To do To have more delusions in matters far greater in gravity. So he should turn away. Does not respond to this delusion. Delusion. More elaboration on the beneficial point we mentioned earlier. That shyness should not prevent the person from seeking knowledge regarding the deen. Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is not shy of the truth, and that's why women at the time of the Prophet ﷺ used to ask the Prophet ﷺ regarding matters which a person would feel shy from. To the degree that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala commanded or lauded the woman who did that, as in the hadith reported by Al Bukhari and Muslim, and Al Bukhari reported it in volume 1, chapter 5. Volume 1, chapter 5. نعم النساء نساء الأنصار لم يمنعهن الحياء أن يتفقهن في الدين. she said how excellent the women of the Ansar are. they did not feel shy while learning sound knowledge in religion in the Deen. in certain in certain circumstances. If the matter revolves between explicit wording and hinting, while it is known that hinting would be sufficient, then in this case, hinting takes precedence over explicit statements. And we find in the Qur'an, in the glorious Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to sexual relations as ityan. Ityan means coming to, approaching. However, in certain circumstances, where it deems necessary to be explicit, then it should be as such. And this took place, in one incident, when one man came to the Prophet salam. admitting, committing adultery, the Prophet Sallallahu first told him, Ataituha? Or "Ataytaha," "Ataytaha," meaning it is known now, this is hinting, did you come to her? He said yes. But then, since this requires explicit admittance of the act, the Prophet ﷺ used very explicit wording regarding the intercourse, and he said yes. Because this is required, this is establishing evidence by confession, and it must be explicit. As to the al-madi sufficient to sprinkle the water on the part without rubbing the place, nor squeezing the garment. And this is in accordance with the preponderating opinion. Istijmar in this case is not sufficient. Istijmar is not sufficient. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, let him wash. And washing requires water. And the final benefit is the merit of Ali bin Abi Talib in the sense that his shyness did not prevent him from asking. But rather he used a go-between in order to attain the knowledge. This brings the end of the points of benefit regarding this hadith. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi وصحبه وسلم